Recorded live. his whole 
digestive canal that it would be restored, the alimentary canal. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all those who are suffering pain out in the audience tonight that I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ would touch them, comfort them, and that they'd have relief from their pain and in some instances healing as you touch them as you desire. May they be healed. Hello. And in the name of Jesus, I give thanks for all these things. So be it. Amen. 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 Okay, folks. Um, like I said, open topics tonight. Um, the other night, any more guests in the chat? Brother Chad, are you sitting there reading the, the other night's chat room? <laughs> no, I've got that on another one. But uh, I put, yeah, there's three guests. I know one of them, Maureen. So there's, okay. Hey, there's, sister. There's two, and uh, guest five is not. So... I just put the question in there if, if either of those people were no no responses in the positive. Yes, five, definitely not. Okay. I guess we'll wait and see if they show up later um, before we deal with this. I just want to, I'll answer a couple of them. I answered the statements. See, they weren't questions. They were blatant statements like somebody had it all together and they knew what the, they knew where they were coming from. Um, one of them was that God does not lightly forgive. That was one of their, uh, or excuse me, Yahweh does <laughs> not uh-huh. easily forgive. Go to First John, Brother Dave. Okay. Somebody don't know their Bible. And I don't say that mean, they just don't. They've listened to somebody else talk and make comments and they didn't check them out. Uh, go down First John and down about middle ways of the chapter. It's not that big of a chapter. It's going to say uh, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Not hard and not much forgiving, but he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If you don't mind, read that verse. Okay, First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so much for the Father is not in the forgiving business, much. Okay? <laughs> uh, that was ludicrous to make that kind of statement. But, uh, you know, I, ignorance is bliss sometimes. And another thing, some that this the get I wish guests can I hate talking about somebody and them not here to defend themselves or maybe they made a mistake in what they said and could um but and could take you know, could uh, justify something that they said. But the comments that they made and they were just blatant comments, it's the party line of most of um of our genre basically, not knowing the Word of God, going off what they hear, make, making out-of-context statements, like here, buy a sword, sell your garment and buy a sword. What's that got to do with anything? I mean, in the context of what was being said the other night, I have no idea. Uh, something that we're talking about, uh, 
where the Lord said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. They were saying in the Septus Textus, there's no such manuscript in the world, folks. They probably meant Textus Receptus, and I can tell you 100% it is not in the Textus Receptus. Forgive, forgive them not. That's what they said, that their, this Septus Retextus said. It said, forgive them not. But there's no such animal anywhere. Okay? There's no such animal. And check it out. Don't take my word for it, okay? Just because I have a little Greek and a little Hebrew, that don't mean nothing, okay? I may be lying to you. All right? But there's nowhere. Nowhere. No no text anywhere I know that says that. It would be so radical, there would be comments about it all the time because of the statement in the context where it appears. See? I mean, it would be one of the most outrageous, uh, most outrageous differences in the Alexandrian strain and the Antiochian strain that there would be a big hoopla over that one verse if it were true. It's not true, folks. Okay? And then they um, made another statement about they didn't follow the law. Who didn't follow the law? I wish I, I S10 was here. Their ancestors really needed, messed it up. They didn't follow the law. No, as a matter of fact, none of them did, and neither do you. Okay? Neither do you. That's what the book says. That's not my opinion. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay, let's see what else it says. Um, you hear me? Uh, oh, here Yahweh's laws. Oh, well, no, with no. Um, you mean Jehovah's laws? I can't find, the only Bibles I can find, uh, Y-A-H-W-E-H-N is in some uh, other translation. It's all screwed up anyway. Yeah, I've never seen that. No, it's not in the Word of God. It's Jehovah. Yeah. It is Jehovah. And uh, uh, what laws are they talking about? I do not know. Somebody named Yahweh. I don't know could be a different country or someplace, like it, in Africa. It's yeah, like an African country. Probably down in South Africa, somewhere in uh, in a jungle region. Yeah, I think probably. so. Yeah. yeah. I'd have to Google it, but I, I don't know. Somewhere around there. <laughs> We're talking tongue-in-cheek, folks, okay? <laughs> There's 20-something different names for God, okay? It can be nobody knows what the right, the, what the proper vowels are. And the King James just took a guess, not uh, probably the, the most educated guess, and come up with came up with Jehovah. Okay, Jehovah, J in the English, Y in the in the uh, Hebrew. It's a Yah. Sometimes you do find Yah in the Bible. I'm not saying you don't. Okay, but you don't find Yahweh. You find Jehovah. Y-H-W-H is the tetragrammaton. We don't have a clue what vowels go in there. You can put I's and Yehudi and Yahudah and Yahweh Shua and all different kinds of names, and everybody wants to be different these days. 
please look around at the fruit. Look at the fruit of all these different names since 1881. Where's fruit? Did the, Holy, did the Holy Spirit jump on any of these name changes? And if the Holy Spirit gets behind something, folks, you can't stop it. It will it will blossom, okay, with good fruit, not with a bunch of drinking sex fiends, and I say that reverently, but that's what I've come in contact with. And I'm not saying that's everybody, okay, because my contact with that bunch has just um, been on a limited scale. But most of you that are there in the chat room know the people that I've come in contact with. I can name all the ones that uh, probably you come in contact with of our genre that believe that the white Christian nations are the Israel of God. Okay. Uh, they also made the comment about... Um, S-C-C-H-W, blah, 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 talking about German and Irish. I don't know what in the world they had in there. Yeah, I think they're trying to claim that the Judah are is, are the Germans and the Irish. I don't know. They, they just know everything. Oh, they yeah. They, they have always been. I'd like to see the map. I'd like to see the map. As far as I'm concerned, the Irish are, are Danite. That, that's the general consensus. That's the consensus that I was taught. Well, it's their one tribe. Uh, there's There were three invasions into um, Ireland. There were the Firbolge, the Danites, and then there was um, Zarajuda. The, the ones that came in were called the Tawatha Datanon. Yeah, that was the, the that's third the invasion. Danite. That's they the beat the. They took over from the Firbolge, who were also white, and it's not sure where they, where they were from. They were the original people that were there. I think they may have been Japhethites. I'm not sure about that. Then Danites, and then, uh, Miletus came with the Zarajuda clans, and they, um, took over from the Danites. They had a. A military conflict in one like how they did their military conflicts were extremely gentlemanly but anyways they won hmm. and took over and became the elite so and then you've had the vikings and different anglo-saxons and germanic tribes go through there so there's it's all mixed up the uh our esteemed guest the other night said that forgive them for they know not what they do was wrong translation. It says they know not what they do. That that says that's a modern translation. It says in the Greek Septus Textus, forgive them not for they know what they do. Right. <laughs> that's what they, in the in the Septus Textus that there's no such thing. And if they're talking about the Textus Receptus, it's not there. So give that a word. They're talking about they changed one word. This is guest 10. Not. They changed not. Big difference, says guest 10. 
One word. Yeah, that's right. One word makes a big difference. Sure does. Changed the changed the meaning completely. Yep, sure did. That's because it didn't. They didn't do it. Okay, period. It's not in the Textus Receptus. And if there's a if there is a Greek manuscript called the Septus Text or the yeah the Septus Textus, I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. And I've been through all the manuscripts on the Alexandrian side and on the Texas Receptive side from Antioch. So, seen all copies of every one of them. Not there. Okay. Truth is authority. Yeah, what is truth? So, change to me, blah, 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 blah. Sell your chain, sell your cloak, and buy a sword. I have no idea what that's in context with. Uh, oh, there's the one about God not being forgiven. Mm, from my point of view, well, everybody's got a point of view. Uh, guess ten. There has to be a final authority, or anybody's point of view is just as good as the next. There has to be an absolute authority. That's what it says in the Greek. Really? Can you speak any Greek, Gestan? Have you ever studied Greek, Gestan? Or did somebody just tell you that? The Latin. Oh, it's also in the Latin. They must be able to read and speak Latin, too. Pretty smart folks. I wish they were here tonight. We'll get them to speak some Latin for us. Oh, that other, then English. Oh, first Greek, then Latin, and English. It is in, it's in there, they say. Well, I'm not taking your word for it, so I went and check. It ain't there, okay? No, it's not. It's in there. It's not there. Period. Uh, predates. What predates? <laughs> I like that, what you said, Chad. In where? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One word, it does, it does, one word, it does. It predates in where. <laughs> yeah. Uh, perverted, perverted, mind you. Oh, I don't I've never seen it. One know. word, it does, perverted, mind you, nice try. I, I don't even know what they're saying there. I don't either. It, it's not making any sense. If you're not, if you don't know the context of what's being said on the program, you can't very well follow this, and I know this is not good radio for you folks because y'all probably y'all don't have a clue what I'm doing. And then there's a bunch of scriptures about John eight forty four and blah 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 blah. Anyway, that's enough of that. If guest ten does show up and you see the big white WH come in again and start talking like this, let me know, and we will go back and revisit this and give them not give them an opportunity to. Uh, to uh, clarify themselves. Yeah, uh, like some sort of like preschool um, camperay kind of guy in there. I don't know, man. King James, many mistranslations. They mean transliterations, mistrans. I don't know, man. They got, you know what? We got, we've got the received text. We have the word of God, and he's given it to us in our language in, in one book with 66 books within it. It's his word. There's no chance. Like you've said, Pastor, if you take... The book alone, with no other source, you can't prove anything wrong in it. And you got 2,000 years, 44 authors, and not one contradiction from beginning to end. 
that is one supernatural book. So, you know, and, like it or not, man. And in case some of you think you know where the the contradictions are, I probably do too. I know all about the con the supposed contradiction of Isaiah's age. We're, <laughs> we're very aware of that. There's a lot more than that. <laughs> There's that's a lot more problems. There's a lot more problems than that. I took three, two years of problem text. Okay, I know where those other problems are, but they're only they're only self-described problems, just because you don't know the rest of the book. But anyway, we'll leave this topic. And if y'all got anything, I'm gonna go ahead and click out of this. If y'all got anything um, y'all want to talk about tonight, I need to know. Uh, if not, you know me. I'll find <laughs> some. And you won't have to look too far, I'm sure, Pastor. Not too far. Not too far. All right. Is Brother David Hummel in the in the chat room? Oh, we got another guest in there. Number yeah, eight. Yeah, I see. There's a bump. I checked it out myself. I, I'm I'm going to quit relying on you guys to check the chat. Uh, six A is he, is the, is guest ten from other night here in the chat room? If you are, speak now. Forever hold your peace. I don't see Brother David Hummel speaking up if he's in there. I hadn't heard anything from him. Have y'all heard from him? No, I haven't. Not not recently. A couple of weeks ago, I think he was in there for sure. Yeah, he was here a couple of weeks ago, but I hadn't heard a word from him. I guess I'm going to have to find out what the deal is. Well, there's four guests in there. We're getting close to a guest 10. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever gets the guest 10 is just going to be guest 10. Yeah. Yeah, wherever you are, the unlucky guest 10. We're coming Brother down. Dave, I want you to go to the Gospel of John. I want you to find the verse where it talks about my kingdom is not of this world. Okay. I think that's in the Gospel of John. And I'll make a few comments and we can go from there. John 1836. I knew it was in John 1836. Folks, look, before we even read this, this right here, you uh, understanding, I heard, um, well, let me get my thoughts together here on what I'm going to say. Everybody wants to think, and they've got... I say everybody. A lot of people has this sliver of thought of of um of optimism that somehow, some way, we're as a people gonna make it better as a race. That we're going to make the world better. Well, I've got news for you. If you can find me one verse of scripture in the Bible that even that even hints at us making this world better, I would like to hear it. Anybody in the chat, if you think that to, that we're going to turn this thing around, it's going to get better. I would like one verse. 
Now, not only is that humanism, it happens, it comes from the, it, I'll tell you where the, that way of thinking comes from, folks. It comes from Protestantism. It, come, it holds, it, that Protestantism, even though there was many bright and shining lights that came out of the great whore, like Martin Luther and John Calvin, okay? They were, they, were, they were marvelous shining lights for their era, but they held on to amillennialism. And they believed that we were we were spreading the kingdom of God. They could they could not, and the they thought the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven were the same thing, okay? And they thought that that we were spreading God's kingdom. The only kingdom we have spread as a people is the kingdom of God. That's a spiritual kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is a literal kingdom. And Brother Dave's fixing to read about that right now. Brother Dave, go ahead. John 18, verse 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Absolutely not. The kingdom isn't here yet. That's what he said. The kingdom of heaven's not here yet. He is not set on David's throne. It's not time for battle yet. The time for battle comes in the latter part of the book of Revelation, but not now. You know, there's, you've got somebody out there teaching that World War One and World War Two was the time of Jacob's trouble. You know, they forgot that the, the, where more white boys were killed than any other time as far as in any, more than all other wars combined. I guess the time of Jacob's trouble was the war of northern aggression because there were more white boys killed then than in both wars, the First World War, Second World War, Korean War, Vietnam War, Iraq, Afghanistan, and whatever they come up with behind that, okay? There were more boys killed in the war of northern aggression than any of those rest of those wars combined. So I guess that was the time of Jacob's trouble. See, they try to make out like World War One and World War Two was the time of Jacob's trouble, and they even say go as far as to say that in Daniel chapter twelve, where it talks about and Michael the archangel says stand up for his people. They even go so far as to say that's not even talking about Michael the archangel; it's talking about Adolf Hitler. See, that's the problem allegorical interpretation will get you into, folks. We read, we went over the verses the other night where the Lord said, needs be that offenses come. He has said, this is God Almighty manifest in the flesh telling you that it is impossible, but offenses are going to come. Things are going to get worse. They're not going to get better, folks. The, the God of this world has painted, tried his best to paint a picture with Hollywood, with the news media, with all the Jewish organizations, the, the, all the, um, the Jewish back stuff, to try to paint a picture that things are getting better. Well, they're not. Can't even cure a common cold. How wonderful is medicine? They haven't even cured a common cold, okay? Your lifespan is still basically three score and ten.
and 10, and 10 more years if by strength, around 80 years old. That's from the time of David. How wonderful is mankind? But they would have you believe that everything is going, is going to get better and mankind is somehow going to make everything wonderful. It's not happening, folks. Not according to the book, and God does not lie. Paul penned a newspaper from 2017. September the 1st, 2017, Paul gave a, an updated version of the New York Times on the first page in 2 Timothy chapter 4, or 3, chapter 3. Now, this is whenever, and this, this is another thing that they can't handle. And I'm talking about the people that try to tell you about amillennialism and blah, 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 or postmillennialism. All all means is there's no such thing. There's no such thing as millennialism. That's what amillennialism is, folks. Okay? Postmillennialism means that the millennium's done past. That's what this person that taught that Michael was Adolf Hitler. That's what they are. They're postmillennialists. They think that the millennial reign took place from the latter part of the first millennium into the uh, three quarters of the way through the second millennium, A.D. That's what they teach. That was a wonderful time, wasn't it? Did the lamb lay down with the lion? Was the earth refurbished like the Garden of Eden? See what I mean, Jelly Bean? You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't make it, you can't, Say, you can't take those verses and make them say what you want them to say. None of that stuff happened. Oh, just a bunch of Christians got slaughtered, that's all, under the rule and reign of the great whore. And you know, the two, prom two of the prominent people that are out there, I say prominent with a grain of salt, and I want to choke when I say that, that understand the Anglo-Israel truth, do you ever stop to think that their background is Catholic? I wonder. I don't like to, you know, throw slurs, but, you know, you can be a good Catholic and believe in the Anglo-Israel truth and teach Catholic doctrine. I'm just saying, folks, be careful. Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. And, he, and why should it surprise you if his ministers be transformed into ministers of righteousness? I was talking to a brother about that today, or yesterday. It was yesterday. I haven't talked to him today yet. Let's, let's just think about this. Angel of light, ministers of righteousness. I was telling the brother yesterday that when we get to Matthew 24, we're going, I don't know what all that noise is, but it's loud. That noise is loud. 
said. Dad. Hey, Don. Yeah. That person that asked about the New Testament, I think they're the same here because they're asking now. They say, hey, I'm new to this. Should I read the New Testament only? No, 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 no. But which guest is it? Six. Oh, guest six, let me first apologize to you for not seeing your question um, the other night. I've been asking, I've been, I've been apologizing every program since you was here before. Because I, the guys did not, when I sent them to look for questions, they didn't see it. And I apologize for that. Absolutely not. You should not just read the New Testament. You should read Genesis to Revelation. Read the Bible like it's a book. Okay? Now, understanding the Pauline epistles will keep you from heresy. It will keep you from getting mixed up in false doctrine. Now, you can, you can spend extra time in the Pauline epistles, but read the whole Bible. The Apostle Paul says in, in Romans chapter 15, verse 5, verse 4, whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through comfort and patience in the, patience in the Scriptures, might have hope. And also in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, or 2 Corinthians 10, or 1 Corinthians 10, I forget which one it is, he said all those things done before time were examples for us. The typology in the Old Testament is imperative that you understand that, that stuff. And, and, and the new, then the New Testament becomes alive. All the things that happen in the New Testament, you'll see references back to the Old Testament. It's imperative you know those. So nobody can deceive you. See, understanding the whole Bible, the context of the whole Bible, is, is super important. And reading it from Genesis to Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation, will give you a handle on the whole book. Then nobody won't be, then you can learn for yourself and you don't have to rely on somebody else, and then if you don't rely on somebody else, the only person you can blame for being deceived or being deceived it will be yourself. So I recommend that you read the whole Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, but spend more time, separate time, from Romans to Philemon. From Romans to Philemon. And you if you get the Pauline epistles down, it will be impossible for somebody to lead you astray in false doctrine. Period. Period. You can't be led astray if you know the epistles. And by knowing the epistles, you will understand all the Old Testament was talking about. And you'll also understand that Matthew, Acts, and a lot of the book of Hebrews that Paul also wrote You'll understand that there's a lot of stuff in there that ain't got jack squat to do with you during this time of grace. As Paul does say, this is, we, this is the dispensation of grace. And the gospel of grace was given to the Apostle Paul. Does that answer your question? Yes, it. Thank you, Brother Kevin. I appreciate it. I've been wanting to be able to uh, apologize to them for so long. Thanks a lot, brother. No problem.
Yeah, he says that's okay. Okay, I see that that's okay, but they put the that's okay before I finish what I was saying. That's the reason okay. I'm asking the other question. Got it. I'm sitting here looking at the chat room. If you understand, what did guest five say? If you understand in Genesis 3 who the main players are, that also sets the stage for everything else. Really? I don't know. No, don't think so. We're going through Genesis right now. Like, I mean, it's an important book. All the, like you said, all the doctrines. All the major doctrines that you find in the epistles are in the book of Genesis. All of them. Eternal security, right on down, are found in the book of Genesis. The Anglo-Israel truth found in the book of Genesis. All the stuff in the book of Genesis. The blood atonement in the book of Genesis. The death, burial, and resurrection in the book of Genesis. All of it's in the book of Genesis, folks. Baptism. Baptism, everything. All the major doctrines are in the book of Genesis. That's where they have their roots. Understanding who, um, you're talking about Genesis 3, understanding who the serpent is and all that stuff is very interesting, and yes, it applies down through the ages because we are two seed lines. We believe in two seed lines. But as far as answering that, yes, guess, guess 8, Genesis 3.15, that's the first prophecy uh-huh. in the Word of God. Yes, it, that's exactly right. Genesis 3.15, one of the greatest verses of Scripture in the Bible. Because that lets you know how the rest of the Word of God's going to play out. Yes, absolutely. As long as you don't have a Dewey Reams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Stick to the Word of God and you're, you'll be fine, yeah. Uh, we finally got us a guest 10. I'm wondering if they're the same one. We'll find out shortly. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Yes, guest 10. Announce yourself. Are you the guest 10 of the other night? No, I doubt they are, brother. We, you don't have to say anything. They'll find out. They'll announce themselves. Don't worry about that. Yeah, amen. Hmm. But, um... Oh, well, welcome back, guest 10. Yeah, welcome been back. Thanks for being here. Yes, tonight amen. is open topics, and if y'all have any questions, feel free to ask. Or if you've got something you want me to go over, be be, be more than happy to, as long as it's not long and drawn out. <laughs> so I started off by saying that this was the difference between amillennium and well, pre pre. Let me just explain this right now. Premillennialism means that the time of Jacob's, Jacob's trouble comes before the millennial reign. Okay, amillennialism teaches there is no millennium. Postmillennialism teaches that it's already passed. That's now that's the simplified version of it. Okay, that's the three main schools of thought. You will find allegorical teaching in the post and amillennial camp. That's where you will find allegorical teaching for the most part. The premillennial camp will take the book literally 
unless it's otherwise deemed necessary in the scriptures, or it's t- or, or the scriptures are plain that it's allegorical or metaphors, okay, or similitudes, like it says in Hosea chapter twelve or ten. Glad to have you live, guest ten. Appreciate it very much you being here. So, I've got that out of the way. Brother Dave, is there anything you want to say about what I just said? Any comments you want to make? No, no, not really. I could just say one thing about reading the Bible. I remember when uh, I first got born of the Spirit of God, and I decided I was going to read the Bible because someone gave me some scripture verses on a piece of paper, and this is what really convicted me. And these verses spoke to my life like, hey, you've been reading my mail. You've been following me around. You know what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I just took the paper, threw it in the garbage, and they talked to to me. We had a coffee together, and at my place they talked, witnessed to me. And then as soon as they went out and quick ran to that garbage can to get that piece of paper, you know. Amen. <laughs> and then... You know, I just, oh, I'm going to read the Word of God. I'm going to read the Bible for myself. i got to find out what this book says. So I started reading at Genesis. <laughs> you know, this like a book. And, wow. I, I wouldn't advise that myself to start at Genesis. I would say, you know, start at the Pauline epistles and the Gospels. And once you read the New Testament, then read the Old. Second. That's all I'd say. But I know one guy when I went to Bible college and... He was given his testimony, and he did the same thing as me. He started to read the Old Testament, and then he got into Leviticus and all that, how you do these sacrifices, right? <laughs> so he went into his backyard, and he got all these bricks and stones together, and he made this <laughs> altar and all this. He was going to, he was trying to figure out how the best, well, how can he get us a, a lamb? I wonder if I just buy a leg of lamb, will that be good enough? <laughs> he went through all this, you know. But then he uh, was listening to a preacher, and the preacher gave him the Word of God more accurately, and he realized this was all nonsense, Old Testament. Well, it wasn't nonsense then, but for the New Testament, it's passed away. Turn to so James. you run in, that's a very exaggerated example, but true. But, you know, people have these, they get tripped up in the old if they don't have a good foundation of what being born again is, you know, having your spirit circumcised, the forgiveness of Christ, uh, Romans chapter 7. You get some of these in your life first, and then when you go back there, you can see the similitudes in there. You can see the Old Testament speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ as well as the New. Yep. Amen. That's why I told them to read the book and read the epistles. Okay. Amen. Amen. Always, yeah. Like I said, it, it, my this has been my my uh, experience over the last five years, folks, in the chat room, that the people that I've dealt with in this ministry and in the Anglo-Israel Truth or the the Corinthian Identicist or whatever you want to call that bunch out there, they have no grasp and no no understanding of the epistles. None. None whatsoever. None. And to hear them try to teach the epistles is like listening to a three-year-old try to give you nuclear physics class. 
they don't have a clue. Uh-huh. Now that just that worries me royally. Okay, I'm not trying. I'm not sitting here in judgment. I'm just saying it. It worries me royally because the Bible says that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, for they're spiritually discerned. Therefore, it really worries me when listening to some of these other people try to teach New Testament doctrine because they don't have a clue. They don't even have a clue. They want to run back to Deuteronomy and Numbers and Exodus and get themselves under the law, which you could not get more plainer of when it comes to dealing about the law than in the epistles. That's why a lot of them of our persuasion hate the Apostle Paul. They despise him because he's plain, blunt, to the point, makes it plain that we're no longer under the law, but under grace. Amen. And those that desire to be under the law, Paul says, you're falling from grace. End of story. Now, see, that's where you get the Bible deniers. That's where you get the, oh, oh well, I'm going to go to this translation because it don't say, folks, <laughs> then you're right back to the very, to Genesis chapter 3, like the guest said a while ago, where the serpent says to Eve, yea, hath God said. See, the very first thing, the very first sin actually was doubting what God said, doubting God's word. And it's going on today as bad as it did back then, but that's the very first thing. That's what led astray Sister Eve was doubting what God said. Got a uh, pastor. We've got a prayer request from uh, guest ten, who's uh, showed up again. Okay. Um, well, I'll say guest nine had a comment of something that you that you uh, you comment on a lot: the ninety-eight percent truth with the deadly two percent untruth, where they switch the verbs or predicate last minute. Main problem is with the ethnic Arabs slash Muzzy. I don't know what that refers to. No idea. I've alone and separate. Uh, Live alone and separate as commanded. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention is I think something that goes amiss too often, and I'm guilty of it, is is praying before reading the scriptures for edification through the Holy Spirit. It's in private devotion. Always before you approach the Word of God, go with a cleaned up, a cleaned up, uh, con- all everything under the blood, and pray before you read. Absolutely. Yes. Amen. So guest 10 says, I have a prayer request. Uh, earlier this year, they asked for prayers for Aunt Millie, who was seemingly dying, but recovered after prayer. Now she is very sick again and may not have long to live. I don't know her illness. She's the aunt of my brother's fiance. I was in the chat about a month ago. I don't just come in when I need prayers, just so you know. Okay, Brother Dave, if you would... Um... Pray for this person right here, right now. Let's don't okay. put it on no prayer list. Uh, yeah, amen, amen, you, amen. You go ahead and read the name and, and take them before the Lord in prayer. Okay. 
Lord Jesus, we come to you tonight, and we bring Aunt Millie to you in prayer. Yes, Lord. We raise her up, and we ask, Lord Jesus Christ, that you see Aunt Millie and that the Holy Spirit, who represents you here on earth, speak to her, convict her of her sins, that the Father draw her to the Lord Jesus Christ, that she repents of her sins and that she receives Jesus Christ into her heart, that she become born of the Spirit of God and filled with the Spirit of God, and that she live her life, however long or short it may yet be, for the Lord Jesus Christ first and foremost, that she sees herself a sinner in need of a Savior. And Lord, I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, Savior saves her, body, soul, and spirit. I pray that she also receive a physical salvation of her body, a healing in her body from whatever this ailment is, yes, Lord God. Jesus Christ, that you carried her sicknesses and bore her diseases, and by your stripes she was healed. And I thank you, Lord, for this. But first and foremost, I thank you, that she's repentant of her sins and sees yeah. how wicked she is and that she receives the Lord Jesus Christ and is born of the Spirit of God and receives the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And when the rightness of Jesus Christ comes into her heart, I pray that the soundness and rightness of her body is there as well. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 Brother, Brother Chad, go to Isaiah 53. Uh-huh. Aunt Millie is definitely a Christian that TS10 was told. Hey Amen. Right. That's great. We could go then we straight to the healing. Straight. You're going to find. Uh, Peter says. Um, um, well, anyway, I'll show you what it says. Go ahead and, and come. And people need to get right too if they're uh-huh. Christian. Yeah, they often make a lot of mistakes and get off and do all kinds of things, and they need amen. to get right with God. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. I want you to read Isaiah, the first part of Isaiah 53. Sure thing. Isaiah 53. You guys see the new Blue Letter Bible? It's all different. It's screwed up is what it is. Okay. I've, it's my first time using it since it's been like this. But Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report? And in whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and we hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Stop, Chad. Brother Dave, I want you to go to First Peter where it says, yeah. by his stripes, we, they, the, they were healed. Were and... Yeah. First Peter, and go ahead, Chad. I'll show you the difference. I was already going there. Okay. Amen. Good. Verse 4, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Okay. He says are healed. That's present tense. Yes. Well, Brother Dave, I want you to read in Peter what Peter says about it. Yes. First Peter 2.24 
who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. There is definitely healing in the atonement, folks. And God deals it out to whomsoever he wills, according to his will. Okay? First John says, if we asked anything according to his will, First John chapter 5, if we asked anything according to his will, according to his will he heareth us. And if we know he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petition we desire of him. It's knowing his will, and his will sometimes is as far from our will as the east is from the west. That's the trick to this thing. That's why some get healed and some don't. Period. Thank you, Brother David. Yes, praise the Lord. Any more prayer requests in the chat? Oh, um, let me let me go to the Lord in prayer. I got a special request that I want to pray for right now. Okay. Yes. Yes. Father, I come to you, Lord Jesus Christ, asking a special request for Brother Brian and his family, Lord. Yes. You know it, Father. I don't have to spell it out, Father. You know the request that's on his heart, Father, and I pray that you'd answer it according to your will, Father. I pray that you'd give him peace of mind and and where he can sleep at night, Father, and give him peace during the day when he thinks about these things, Father, that um, I'm bringing before you, Father. I pray that your mighty hand would be prevalent in this matter, Father, and you would let him see a miracle, Father, if it be yes. possible, according to your will, Father, that you would answer his prayers, Father, answer his prayers, and give us a time of rejoicing where, he'll, where he can come on here and tell us how the Lord answered the prayers, Father, and we can glorify your holy name, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. This uh, comment that was made about the um, Arabs or Muzzies being the 2% or something, that they are the main problem. Well, I disagree with that. I, You know, we are the main problem. Like, if you Amen. want to... If you want to sit, go to a country and the country has a king and the country is decadent and lawless, do you blame all the people and say all these people are all to blame? Yes, of course they are, but it's because of the king who allowed all this to happen. Now, I'm not suggesting at this point in uh, the way the structure is being worked out in the kingdom of God that we are reigning and ruling right now, in a, but we are supposed to extend... The authority of God, right? Ephesians 6. Chapter, uh, verse 18? No, verse 12. Okay. And so, we, we because we haven't been establishing the kingdom of God here and living it ourselves in the perfect way, that has allowed the rest of the world to slide into total decadence. And I'm not saying Muslims aren't a problem. They are. But, uh, you know, the Arabians were there when the apostles came down from the upper room and they preached the gospel, the Holy Spirit came on the Arabians that were there too, and they heard the Holy Spirit speak to them in their own language. So God was reaching out to them even back then. So we're, when we become what we should be, the other races will start to be what they should be. Now, I'm not saying to the man every single one, but we have to look to ourselves first. 
That's all. It's impossible that offenses will come, but woe to the man to whom they come. Things are going to get worse, guess date. I don't want them around me no more than you do. Don't want them nowhere around me. I don't want Amen. the blue gum nowhere around me. I don't want Amen. none of them nowhere around me. Okay? If we would have if we would have been obedient as a people and not got fat, happy, and sassy, there would have been nothing that the Lord wouldn't have done for us. And Amen. He had it all planned out to where He could have done that. Amen. But we did not. We were not just like today. Obedient. Not sacrifice is what the Lord wants. That's all the way back into Second Samuel. It tells you that. He like he, it, obedience is what the Lord loves because it shows your love for Him, and it's going to get worse as long as Satan's minions, the hook nose, the reprobate Jew is in control of every major facet of media, of finance, of entertainment, of everything that we do, you're going to see nothing but killing, stealing, and destroying. Okay? And it's destroying us as a people because our race is so naive. The nativity of our people is absolutely beyond belief. They sit in front of a television. They believe everything they see on Fox News, and it's sickening. It's just sickening. And just uh, make sure that, you know, I was saying the word of God there and that Arabians were there. Acts 2.11. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Absolutely. So they were there. Okay. Amen, amen. There. Of course they were there. See, people, there's a lot of people out there that will try to tell you that Jerusalem was not a metropolitan society during the time of Christ. That's just a lie, folks. They were, it was a hub. It always has been a hub. And it, especially during the time of Roman occupation, it was a hub for commerce, not only religious, but it was a it was a it was a hub for commerce from all the surrounding nations. Okay, all different races came through Jerusalem, and for somebody to try to tell you that it wasn't that way, they don't know their own history. They don't know history. They may claim they do, but they'll lie to you like a dog to try to get their point to try to prove a point that's not true. Um, I, I will I will show you when all these other people will go back to their own country and will go back to the bounds of their habitation. Amen. Go back to um, Isaiah chapter thirteen, brother David. If you remember where it is, it's in Isaiah thirteen. The context is the day is the time of Jacob's trouble. Probably, the day of the Lord. Probably, more than likely, 
Well, it is. <laughs> it is. Isaiah chapter 13, brother. Go ahead and start reading it, verse 1. Just read I want you folks to listen to this, okay? Listen closely. Most people overlook it. Okay. Isaiah 13, verse 1. The burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see, lift ye up a banner upon the high mountain, exalt the voice unto them, shake the hand, that they may go into the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also called my mighty ones for mine anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of the nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts musters the host of the battle. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. Howl ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. Ah, the day of the Lord, yes. The day of the Lord. The Lord's fixing to kick butt and take names here. Watch, listen closely to what happens. Go ahead. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint and every man's heart shall melt, and they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. Oh, they won't be talking so big and bold then against the Lord, will they? And saying, oh, where has he been since the, you know, the Father? So he's done nothing, and you know how they talk on and on. Now they're going to be melting in basically, you know, the diaper situation. Yeah. Verse 9. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil, and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a man... Just a second, brother. By the way, you notice he started off talking about Babylon. This never happened to Babylon, folks. It's talking about mystery Babylon the Great in the book of Revelation. Go ahead, brother. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. 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 Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. Notice that that when the heavens shake, the earth has to move as well because the firmament's attached to it. Go ahead, brother. (laughs) Amen, amen. And it shall be as the chaste roe and as a sheep that no man taketh up. They shall every man turn to his own people and flee every one into his own land. See there? There there is a, that's when they'll that's when all of the 
of the ragheads and the slant they'll go back to their own people. It's a little, a little, it's a little too late, really, for them. But anyway, there's the only place that I can find in the scripture where it happens, and it happens when they're fixing to get destroyed. They clear out and leave the remnant alone. Just finish it on out, Brother Dave. Okay. Everyone that is found shall be thrust through, and everyone that is joined unto them shall fall by the sword. Their children also shall be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses shall be spoiled and their wives ravished. Behold, I will stir up the Medes against them, which shall not regard silver, and as for gold, they shall not delight in it. Their bows also shall dash the young men to pieces, and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eyes shall not spare children. And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. But wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures. And owls shall dwell there, and satyrs shall dance there. And the wild beasts of the islands shall cry in their desolate houses, and dragons in their pleasant places. Amen. Amen. That's the last verse, right? Yep. And her time is near to come, and her days shall not be prolonged. Amen. Amen. Um, Brother Shad, Ephesians six twelve. Folks, listen. I don't care where you go, okay? I don't care what you say. I don't care how you want to point fingers, and I'm, I point fingers myself. There ain't nobody no sick of it no more than I am. I mean, I'm I'm so sick of it, I'm ready to go and be with the Lord. I'm so sick of it, okay? I live right in the middle of a bunch of jungle monkeys, okay? But I'm telling you, the problem is our people, not other people. I'm going to show you what the problem is. And if you under if you go if you listen to the program long enough, you will learn. You will learn. Brother Chad? Uh, yes, Ephesians 6, 12. Uh, for we wrestle not, period. Okay, good night, everybody. Laodicean Church. Oh, that's a different version. Yeah, for we wrestle not, period. Not. <laughs> Sorry, that was the Laodicean Church version. Eat, drink, and be merry. No, uh, Ephesians Chapter 6, verse 12 from the KJV. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Y'all got that? You got spiritual wickedness in high places. Archons, Exousia, and Cosmocraticos. That's those three words in the Greek. All right? Want some Greek? I just gave it to you. I don't have to look it up in no Strong's Concordance. I know what they are. All right, that's who you fight against. 
They are the ones in control of the ones that's giving you a hard time now and giving our people a hard time. All right? Now, the other night, I made a statement about when the Lord said, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. There's only one house at the time the Lord comes back is making that statement, folks. Yes. And it's the house of Judah. I'm going to show you even how strong. Listen, all you've got to do is read Hosea chapter 1. Brother Chad, go to Hosea chapter 1. Brother Dave, I want you to go to James chapter 1. I'm going to show you how it falls over from the Old Testament into the New. I've never done this before. The Lord just showed, I mean, I I knew it was there, but um, I just said, well, let me go ahead and show them tonight. Amen. I'm going to show you tonight, okay? I want you to start reading Hosea chapter 1. I want you to go down to the middle of the chapter. This is where the Lord says bye-bye to the house of Israel proper, okay? The ten northern tribes. I want you to listen to what he says closely. All right, Brother Chad, go ahead. Okay, so this is where uh, she's going to, and she conceived again and bare a daughter, and God said unto him, Call her name Lurihema, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. I will have mercy upon the house of Judah, and will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. Now, she had weaned Lorruhema, she conceived and bare a son. He's using names, talking about the house of Judah and the northern ten tribes, the house of Israel. That's what he's talking about. He's using these other words and plugging them in. All right? Now listen to what he says. Go ahead. Then God, then God, oh, then said God, call his name Loami, for ye are not my people, and I will not Loami is the house of Israel. You're not my people, and I'm not your God. No more nation, no more the house of Israel, because Judah becomes the house of Israel. Judah is the one called Israel. So much so that in the New Testament, when James writes a letter to him, he doesn't even call them Israelites himself. Now, see, this is Scripture with Scripture. Peter also talks about you're no more my people in 1 Peter. And here James, listen to what James says in James chapter 1, verse 1. Brother Dave. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Do you hear that? He doesn't, and you won't find their Israelites anywhere in the book of James. He doesn't even give them, call them fellow Israelites. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. There you go. Folks, I'm telling you, Paul even goes so far to say this. They that are in Christ are neither Jews or Judean. 
They're neither Scythian, they're neither male nor female, but they're in Christ. They've lost their identity. In Christ Jesus, we're no more Israelite. We are Christians. Period. End of story. That And our race is Israel, so to speak, quote, unquote, but in Christ Jesus, there is no nationality. And the ones that keep hanging on to the natural nationality thing are getting it all cattywampus and according to the book. That ain't according to me. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, bond nor free, Scythian, barbarian, male nor female in Christ Jesus. None, none of them. And by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, if you're Christian. Because you become the bride. The elect bride is taken out of old Israel and put into the body, and God and the Lord Jesus Christ only takes that of his own people. For a bride. All the rest are a different set of dogs, so to speak. And that's what I teach. The bride is special. The bride is different. Very different. Go to Romans chapter 10, brother. No, brother, chapter 9, brother Chad. Uh-huh. Go down there where Paul quote, quotes out of Hosea. You know, start reading it, verse 1. It's all good. Romans chapter 9, I say the truth, in Christ I lie not, my conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenant, and the giving of the law, and the service of God. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa. What did you say? Pertaineth the adoption? The adoption. To whom pertaineth the adoption? That's Don't never let that, that, that leave your mind, folks. The adoption is us Christians. Go ahead, brother. And glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers? and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all. God blessed forever. Amen. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh These are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. I want you to drop down where it says in Osi. Okay, that's going to say in the King James, as it says in the book of Osi, or it says in Osi. It's talking about Hosea. Right. Around verse 12, I think, right in there somewhere. Come on, brother. It's right, it's right there. 
It is? Because I was, I was out get it. I was at verse 12. Well, they go on down. It's right below that, as it says in O.C. All right? Okay, even by the Father's eyes. Got a big old loaf staring you in the face. Where do you see it, Brother Dave? Uh, Romans 9.25. Oh, this is down there. There it is, O.C. As he sat also in O.C., I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Bingo. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So, the, the statement I made the other night, I've been making for going on five years. It's absolute fact. You lose your identity in Christ Jesus. There is no national pride of the bride. The bride leans to the to the to the husband. Period. That understandable? Very I know you have been with me a long time understanding, right? Yes, yes, okay. yes. You, any of you guests have a problem with it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what the Word of God says? I don't know what's going on, what is so funny uh, in the chat. Uh, it's the kids in the back of the classroom, Pastor Don, they're passing notes. Oh, is that what it is? All right. Yes, yes. But we can read their notes later. Yeah, amen. Amen. Oh, one little comment. Uh, guest 8 said there are no more pure Arabians anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can well, say the same thing for Israelites. <laughs> well, yes, but there... The whole idea of an Arabian is that an Arabian never was pure. It's a mixed breed. Never was pure because it was mixed breed from Abraham. Yes, that's what they are. And if you look up the word Arabian, the number one meaning is mixed. That's what it means, absolutely. Yeah. So, Amen. you know, the the more they get mixed, the more they're just being Arabians. Amen. <laughs> they're, the one, they're the one race that becomes more pure as you mix them. Well, they become more Arabian, but... More Arabian, yes, yes. Yeah. So God was speaking to them, and I think it was in context of Acts chapter 2, that God, that God the Holy Spirit made a point of speaking to them in their own tongue so that they could hear the gospel and respond as well. Okay, I'm going to shift gears now, and I want to talk about something that's dear to my heart. <laughs> got to do with biblical cosmology, folks, okay? Amen, amen. I want to show y'all who's behind. And I don't know how many of you here have um, come to the realization of the truth yet about true biblical cosmology. But um, I want you to go to Obadiah, Brother Dave. Okay. I'm going to show you the place, in, the only place in Scripture 
where it even mentions going to the stars or going to another heavenly body. And I want you to notice who is behind it. In case anybody had any doubts about the quote-unquote NASA or the quote-unquote Space Administration, <laughs> I want you to see who's behind. I want you to see the context of where it appears when somebody tries to climb up and who it is. And then still stay on the old ball earth genre if you want to, okay? Believe that there's um, people going to the moon and crap like that. <laughs> Biggest joke in the world. That makes me laugh every time, Pastor. Yep. I can't it, it help makes it. Me, it makes me laugh, too. <laughs> but anyway, Brother Dave, I want you to start. Obadiah's a short chapter. I want, you to re- I want you to listen and find out who's behind that climbing up into space. Who's behind it? Brother Dave, go ahead. Yes. Um, Obadiah, chapter 1. They ain't but yes. one chapter there. That's right. Verse 1, the vision of Obadiah, thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom. We have heard a rumor from the Lord, and an ambassador is sent among the heathen. Arise ye, let us arise up against her in battle. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen. Thou art greatly despised. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Though He's thou... talking about Esau, Edom, folks. I'll break the. I'll break it for to you, okay? Before he gets to it, he's talking about Edomites. Go ahead. Amen. Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and thou though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. Set thy nest among the stars. Yes. That's Esau, Edom, folks. Okay. And they have the old six-pointed star as a symbol. That's right. The star of Rampham. Yes. Just wanted to bring that out. Just wanted to bring that out. Y'all got any more? Y'all got any questions in the chat? Any more prayer requests? Anything? I know it's been this is this is a true open topics tonight. We've been all over the place and and uh we haven't landed any place and I hadn't got been out of shape and and started teaching <laughs> like I usually do on open topics tonight. This has really been y'all's night. So don't waste it. If you've got any questions or anything you want me to go over, feel free. So if I go down to verse seven, you'll like this one. It says in Obadiah chapter 1, verse 7, All the men of thy confederacy have brought thee even to the border. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh never mind. Let's go on. I get it, brother. <laughs> you, 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 you fix and stir up something you don't want to get that Ajax won't take off. <laughs> yeah, I know. As we say down south. Hey, listen, Judah Benjamin went up to got Canada all straightened out, okay? Our uh, the Jew from the southern Confed- from the Confederacy, the one that was in charge of our treasury, 
got yeah. y'all straightened out, okay? So Yeah, we need them up here again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead, guest Stan. Waiting on your question. I see if I pull the chat up myself and look at it, instead of looking at the Bible all the time, then I ain't going to miss none of these questions. Okay. Yes, Dave made a good comment. NASA means never a straight answer. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, 10 said, I know what one of y'all read it. I, oh, yeah, it says, uh, I know when praying we must have our head un- uncovered. But while listening to this program, while I walk outside, should I have my head uncovered? Don't worry about it. I mean that. Don't worry about it. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It never came up at the council there between Peter and Paul and John and James. <laughs> Say what it comes up there. Don't worry about speak? that kind of stuff, okay? It's talking about spiritual authority for the woman. Of course it is. That's the context of what talked about is spiritual authority over a woman is covering yeah. the man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That'd be Rome that'd be first Corinthians chapter um Six, I believe. Didn't know if our head was supposed to be uncovered while listening to preaching. Well, I'll tell you this. The way the old timers did it, a man never wore a cap on his head. Never. The women always wore head scarves. I mean, I remember this from my youth going to a primitive Baptist church, okay? They wore headscarves or hats, which was bogus as well because their covering was actually the man. So they didn't even have it right. But I'm just telling you what they did, okay? If you take it uh, literally, though, which a lot of them do, right? Yep. For in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 6, For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. That's right. And then in verse 5, But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. I'm going to give you my opinion on it. You chat folks in the chat room, guess, um, guess 10, I'll tell you what my opinion on it is, okay? This is my opinion. I believe that every woman ought to have long hair, okay? Why do I believe that? Because of the angels. I Amen. believe exactly what Paul believed. Now, you can take, you can, you can say how long is long. You can, you can try to uh, strain it a gnat to swallow a camel, you know, all you want to. I'm just saying, over, over being, being a Christian for over 40-some years, I just know what I know, all right? And been all over North America, all right? From Alaska to the Mexican border and even across the border and dealing with people. A woman with long hair 
if she's a Christian, there's just something there that's different. Now, that's been my perception. I've seen it over and over again. I was married to one. So, just saying, there's a reason Paul said what he said. You can laugh at it or not. And that long hair is a shame for a man. That's correct. Yes, long hair. You don't start coming up with how long is long. If it looks like a man, it ain't long, okay? <laughs> if it's all cropped off above your ear, it ain't like a woman. I don't care how big your front side is. It looks like a man. Well, man's not woman's not supposed to even wear anything that pertaineth to a man. If you want to get technical, Paul says that too. Yep, no pants. No jewelry. Huh. You see how far we've come from the truth, folks? You see where we you see how justification we have I'm not talking about the real justification. I'm talking about don't even come at me with the Greek, okay? I don't even. <laughs> you see how far we have come from the truth. You want to know why our people's in the mess they are? I'm just going to tell you. It ain't because of the Arabs. It ain't because of the Jew. And it ain't because of the Chinese or Japanese. Our people are in the shape because they have left the Lord God Almighty. That's why. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Just read anywhere in the Old Testament. Certain judges. <laughs> they have left their Lord. They have become disobedient. All you've got to do is read Revelation chapter 3. From verse 15 till the end of the chapter. That is the last church that appears in the Bible. That is the church of history. That is the church we're in today. Amen, amen. And that's the problem. Everybody will see, this is what I don't like. This is what bothers me about our persuasion because it's so filled with pride. And you know what? God hates pride. He hates it. Oh, don't worry, guest 10. I'm going to talk about hell a lot more. Amen, you, amen. You can rest assured on that. Yes. Absolutely. And if I might mention, Pastor, how you and I have talked that, you know, a lot of the problems, it's not just that we've fallen away, but it's it's the it's the weak, lily-blooded, lily <laughs> spineless preaching that's going on out there that's, that's uh, you know, trying to please these Laodicean churches and just giving them what they want and creating a weak flock. Yes, and everybody trying to please everybody else the wrong way. See? You're supposed to please your brother and sister. They should come before you even, or me. But please them the wrong way. See? 
as you have opportunity, do good unto all men, but especially those that are a household of faith. All right? You're supposed to treat your brother or sister as yourself. And you think very highly of yourself. I don't have to even know your name. And let me tell you about that pride business. Oh, I'm an Israelite. I'm an Israelite. They're a bunch of niggers and scum buckets and slant eyes and camel jockeys and porch monkeys and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's true. Where's your humility? You shouldn't even have to say that. These six things that the Lord hates, yea, seven are an abomination, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. That's the first three in God's list of abominations to him, okay? A proud look. I'm proud to be this. I'm proud to be that. You better not be. You better be thankful. Always replace pride with thankfulness. Yes, yes. You'll never go wrong. Because the book says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 And in Hebrews it says that given the sacrifice of thanksgiving, it's a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. Which leads me to another thing that I thought today I was going to ask. Do you folks know what what is sacrifice? Do you know the definition of sacrifice? Or do you, you just got your own rendering of what sacrifice is? Paul says you're supposed to esteem others more highly than yourself. That's a sacrifice. I would like to know, ask yourself this question. I'm not I'm not asking for nobody to write anything down. I'm just asking you to ask yourself about sacrifice. Can you honestly do that? What have you sacrificed for obedience to the Lord? What, what, where, where is the sacrifice in your life for obedience to the Lord? Think about it. Sacrifice. Esteeming others better than yourself. Folks, you and I don't even come close to meeting the real category of sacrifice. Which is a shame and disgrace for God's chosen people and especially for Christians. 
that has been given the free gift of grace. Christ gave it all through a sacrifice. And what have you given? You know, we had three guys that fasted last week. That was sacrifice because it put the flesh down. But see, you start moving from the from what goes in the mouth down to what comes out of the pocket. And oh no, no, don't go there. So I'm serious, folks. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. I ask you about sacrifice, okay? Sacrifice. The Lord's got lips of every. <laughs> I, I I can just keep on and on and on, and it don't matter. It don't matter. To whom it was get to, to whom it was meant for, you understand. You you, you you're starting to you you'll get it. The spirit of God is going to burn you up. You'll get it, and then the choice you make will be yours. And you will have to give an account of that at the judgment seat of Christ. Not in my opinion. That's what the book says. And guess ten, you can keep on writing all you want to, but if you write, I don't. You can't write and listen at the same time. Maybe that sacrifice was meant for you. You reckon? Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Yes, amen, amen. Absolutely. I was going to quote it, but Brother Dave then went and read it. A living victim. That's right. That's when Paul says... To reckon yourselves dead unto sin. That's what he's talking about. Putting yourself down and esteeming others, putting yourself down and doing something else. The sacrifice means what it means what it what it means the literal meaning of it, okay? Going without to give. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, what a radical idea. I talk to people that don't know what about sacrifice. That never went without a meal for the Lord. Got the checkbook balance just right. So where? Ain't no skin off my back. And guess what? At the judgment, there won't be no skin coming your way. As a matter of fact, there may be some taken off. 
What time is it, brethren? Uh, it's a quarter to nine, your time there. Oh, my God. And I didn't want to go past. Kevin must have went to sleep. I didn't want to go past 810. I'm done past the time I have to take my antibiotics. Brother Dave, uh, Brother Chad, go ahead and dismiss us in a word of prayer. And Dave, you give the contact information. I've got okay. to get out of here. I've got, yeah, to, okay. I've got to inject myself with antibiotics right now, okay? Sure okay, thing. go ahead. Good night. Good night. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, Lord, and uh, we pray for our Pastor Don that, he's, uh, that he be able to get his antibiotics, Lord, and that they uh, continue to do good work, Lord, and we pray for the, the continued healing and the, uh, the eradication of that uh, terrible bacteria, Lord. Let it be gone. Let it be gone tonight, if it be possible, Lord. Let it be gone by morning. Let it just be gone. And we thank you for the uh, the study that we've had and the fellowship that we've had tonight, Lord. We're truly grateful that we're able to gather here in your word. And we ask that uh, everything that, that that we've taken in tonight, that we be edified by the Holy Spirit, Lord, and that we uh, we grow, that we grow in, in your word, Lord, and that we... Uh, we let the word do the work and not put our own pride into it, Lord. That we be able to separate our inward man from our outward man and and uh, and sacrifice ourselves unto you, Lord, as you've paid the ultimate sacrifice for us, Lord. Yes. Something that uh, it's too easy to take for granted, Lord. And uh, you know, I was talking to to a brother today, and I said, you know, and he's questioning the book, Lord, and 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 I said, do you know what? Somebody jumped out in front of you, and you saw him, and he pushed you out of the way of that bus, and that bus spotted him all over the pavement there. You don't think you would ever go and, and visit his grave? And then you found out that, that 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 same man there wrote you 66 letters before you were ever even born, instructing you in all things of righteousness so that you you might not have to be naked in the hereafter for eternity. Well, Lord, you did more than just jump in front of a bus and push us out, Lord. You drank all the sin for all the world, so there would be absolutely no excuse for anybody. You took all of the sin, Lord, all the, even for all those that, that will not be saved, that will be, that will be cast into the lake of fire, just so that there would be no excuse. And then for those of us that have accepted you, Lord, and believe on you, and are saved, and have your, 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 your blood atonement, and have been washed of our sins, and separated from our flesh, and we, and we just neglect you, Lord. And it's a it's a shame, and and and, and I, I fear for myself, Lord, in that day of the, of the judgment seat, when the mercy seat, when I come before you, Lord, my goodness, Lord, help me, forgive me of my sins of today, Lord, forgive all of us of our sins of today, Lord. If there be any sins in our closets, unrepented sins, things we sins we haven't thought about, sins that you know of, you drank them all, Lord, you became sin for us, nailed them to the cross, finished that work. Then you died, and then you were dead, and you were buried for three days, and you rose, Lord. You rose, and you rose in glory. You deposited all those sins in hell. You left them there. Now you're pure, wonderful glory, Lord, that we, we aspire to one day, that you've sealed us until that day of redemption, that we may be able to take, take your form, Lord, and be with you and rule with you and, and do your will for eternity, Lord. And you've given us this three score and ten, to commit our works unto you, Lord, to make our sacrifice unto you, Lord, one sacrifice here for an eternity of of, of glory, for, for a crown. May we have one of those crowns, two of those crowns, all of those crowns, Lord, if it be possible. Guide us in, those, in the way, Lord. We know that you've given us the 66 books of the canon of the Holy Bible to help us, Lord. 
and we just thank you for that, Lord. And we have no excuse. We know we have no excuse to whom much is given, much is required. And to him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin, Lord. And, and you know, I pray for all our brethren, Lord, because coming to this program, uh, coming to these teachings here of our pastor, you, you get exposed to the truth, Lord, because the word is truth. Jesus is truth. You are the truth, Lord. You are the way, the truth, and the life. The words are truth. You get a lot of truth here, Lord. The scripture is read continually. There's going to be no excuse, Lord. Anyone that shows up here, it's, it's, I take it too lightly. We all take it too lightly. This is, this is the serious business, Lord. When those three score ten, you know, maybe the blessed hope come, you know, in the next few minutes in, or in the next few years or in 30 years from now, if we see it, Lord, that that's fantastic, you know, but that doesn't change our position and our duty to you, our commitment to you. You've, you've done what you have to do, Lord. You've done more than we could ever ask you to do. You've done more than we can even comprehend. And I think that's part of the problem, Lord, where you said, fat, happy, and sassy, oh, yeah, my, my precious Lord, he died for me. Well, you know what? It's beyond that. And I speak reverently, Lord, but I love you, and I thank you for your precious blood, Lord, and making me clean. And I praise your holy name, and I, I bless that name, and that every time I hear those sweet words of Jesus Christ, there's, there's something, I feel something inside, Lord. I, it's something sweet. It's the sweetest name in the world, Lord, when I hear those words, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen, Jesus Christ. You are the Lord, the one Lord, the one true and living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Precious Father, we thank you so much for your Son. We give all our prayers and all our supplications for his precious name. Amen, amen. All right. Amen, amen. All right. I'm back on, and it's Sunday night. I want Brother David and Brother Chad both to get something together that will last about 20 minutes apiece, okay? Okay. Okay. Both of y'all. Well, All right. I'll let, I'll let you go first, Chad, and David go second, okay? Okay. All right. It'll be 20 minutes apiece, and that'll get us that'll get us pretty well through the hour, and then I'll take over the last, all right? Okay. Okay. Okay, Brother Dave. Contact information for Don Spears Ministries. The telephone number is 334-397-2000. The email address is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. And you can uh, make an offering to Jesus Christ and to this ministry by going to PayPal. And if you have an account, enter Pastor Don's email, respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. And that's his PayPal account number as well. And remember what it says in Ephesians. Chapter 5, verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God, a sweet-smelling savor. And again in Philippians 4.18, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing well to God. So as Christ was a 
a sweet-smelling sacrifice to God, so also are your offerings that you give to the Lord Jesus Christ accepted as a sweet-smelling sacrifice. Pastor Don's mailing address, where you can send cards and letters and requests and offerings, is 3155 Louisville Street, Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017. That's zip code 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night, everyone. God bless each and every one of you, and appreciate you guys being there in the chat room and participating in the program. That means a lot to this old preacher. This is Jacob's Ladder. Good night, everyone, and we'll get to hear Brother Dave and Brother Chad Sunday night, Lord willing. Help permit. Good night. Good night.